Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just a quick note on this episode, uh, it contains discussions of emotional abuse, financial abuse and domestic violence. So if you feel like any of those might be an issue for you, perhaps skip this episode. And if while you're listening, it brings up anything for you, we'll have links to help in the show notes. Thanks. Tom. Hello. Showering with a partner, yes or no? Oh, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> Let me roll up my sleeves as I answer. Um, I'm against bathing with a partner in right. terms of in a bath. Right. That's no, 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 no. Why? Oh, because uh, I get the tap in the back all the time. Oh, okay. I'm tall than six foot, so very little baths. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And then once there's a partner in there with you, nightmare. Um, I overheat heat affects me terribly so as soon as you're like snuggled up in the womb in a bath with, right. a, with a partner yep. two minutes in i'm sweating and i've forgotten my drink on the side <laughs> so i can't go get it um showering with a partner is interesting um sometimes uh, if it's skewing sexy sometimes you're trying to like wash and clean yourself yeah and uh, and and sexy the sexiness is trying to overlap with that and you t- it depends you, what you need to do yeah, right like if you need right. to get somewhere that can be a so little I, bit I would say the shower showering with a partner or three four five people Ooh, hello um, how big's your shower is totally fine but agree on what you're going to do in there first <laughs> <laughs> i think if you you know we're gonna get you to sign the shower contract to say this yeah, is a this, business shower <laughs> yeah or let's no get, sexy times let's get cleaning out of the way first before any sort of hanky panky arises what do you believe uh, elizabeth best look i'm all in for showering as long again as long as we're like if this is just a we need to just both have a shower at the same <laughs> time yeah. but like it depends how big your shower is i've broken a shower rail before from trying to grab onto it during sexy times <laughs> yes. and then my landlord was very unimpressed with me i am into bathing with a partner but that is because i am very little yes you i can. am a small person and i usually get the person like so that there's not facing each other so there's one person yeah, lying yeah, down spooning. and then i'm the little spoon yes in the bath, although my current bath is very shallow, like it's just not a nice See, deep am, tub, so I that am, wouldn't be enjoyable. Uh, 99.9% of the time, I am the big spoon. Yeah, well, in bed and in in bathing. Someone scenarios. have to be pretty tall to be. That's right. So, uh, so it, that's hence me turning down my nose. Yeah, yeah. At the, at the um, bathing together, but if you can, yeah, a sexy shower and that then moves into like sexy times yeah. elsewhere. Because people love the, you, uh, we all love the idea of like sex in a spa or in a shower or but in a pool. But water sex, it's no, terrible l- no. lubrication. Hate it's it. not good. It's sexy to lead up to yeah, sex yeah. in water, but water is not you're, a good lube. You're people. frustrating. It's not yeah. fun. It's it's no good. <laughs> well, there you go, dear readers of Ghosts and Boyfriends Past. Send in your thoughts. Do you enjoy sexy sh- uh, sh- uh, showering? I nearly said or can, shaving. Can you <laughs> can you shower without it getting sexy time with a partner? Can you do it? 
Can, is it possible? Yeah. Do you have the resolve? Do you have the resolve to get through a shower and just do the business end of the shower? Welcome to Ghost of Boyfriends Past. I'm Liz Best. And I'm Tom Harris. Hello, everybody. I just kind of felt like a you know a bit of a I lighthearted like, like shower, it. sexy yeah, times chat to start. Splish the splashing. Yes. So we've got a guest here today because it is one of our main episodes. Right. So rather than you know faff on a bit, I'm just going to introduce her straight away. Let's do it. We have Lucy with us. Hello, Hello Lucy. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us today. So we've got uh, Lucy in, and she's got a bit of a, a bit of a, a saga to tell. It's I'd a say saga today, story. and it's one of those ones where. We want to make sure that everyone's super comfortable because it might be a little bit of a hard story to tell, but we're all friends here and this is all basically going back to the whole what did we learn at the end of everything. And so that's the most important thing. New readers to the show... uh that's our mission goal. We have a we get a guest on every main episode and that guest will share a story from a relationship gone by. Marriage, one date, doesn't matter, all and sundry in between. What we're not here to do is laugh at anyone else or attack other people or Yeah, we have know, a no threats rule. Uh, on mic though, Lucy. We off to, mic. Yeah, that's right. Written away. We were, yeah, we want to get we want to get the story in, broadcast the story to the world and we want to learn from it. That's yeah. the, that's the main takeaway. So we did touch on some rules, Lucy, before we uh, handed over to you and your story. Uh, one of them was in there: no threats on microphone. That's uh, on mic. That's, that's the important part of that. Important. We have message. lots of fun off mic conversations yes. at this podcast. I have to say. And uh, anyone who figures out who Lucy is and who she's talking about today in her stories, no doxing. We don't nope. want pitchforks and torches it's in the streets. not what we're about. This isn't, this isn't an assassination podcast. This is a people sharing their own stories so that other people can learn and grow and live and love and kumbaya and all that shit. Yes, and ideally, uh, Lucy, you'll have an alias for the people you're talking about today. That's our third rule, just mm-hmm. so that we can keep... Uh, keep everything nice and clean so an alias would be nice we've had i think we've had this i think we've had the devil before oh. <laughs> so oh, you can i mean last time Mr. i was Satan. on i was like oh what did i call him last time fuckwit probably yeah, so yeah it can be it can be <laughs> well, Bob, I, or I you can be considered dick yeah and i thought there's probably been a few of those there has not been a single dick and on this podcast <laughs> really? in no. that context <laughs> there I have been many dicks on the podcast <laughs> but we haven't called them dicks some richards <laughs> listening at home will now be, will now be terrified that's not giving it like like the seriousness <laughs> that it deserves right. look stories can be roller coasters you can have a story that's serious as and we're still going to be laughing in the middle of it like so up to you what what alias are we going to go with today i was going to use justin justin okay. justin very good justin that's not a threat. I just said it. I just said I just the word said it funny. In a, I just said it's it with fine. some spice. We're all good. Okay, so how, where do we want to start yes. this story, Miss Lucy? Well, um, I don't know. Maybe at this how it started. Yeah, yeah, sure. So how did how did you meet this person? So Justin and I worked together. We were both personal trainers. We worked at a gym, mm-hmm. and um, we. Yeah, met through working there. I'd been in several longish-term relationships before, like two years, and I'd lived with prior boyfriends. Mm. Um, But at this stage, I was about 25. And he just kind of swept me off my feet. I was just coming out of a two-year relationship where I was sort of a third priority after sport and um, work. 
Fun. Oh, and hitting golf balls. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Um, and that guy was about 10 years older than me and sort of wanted to settle down. And I was like, mm. So along came Justin and um, just, yeah, a lot of attention and notes on my windscreen, flowers, just telling me everything that I always wanted to hear and... Was it a whirl? Was it a quick whirlwind kind of introduction, or was it was it more? Well, we knew each other out? through work. We'd mm. been working together for a few years, but I'd always worked mornings and he'd worked evenings. Sure. So our paths hadn't really crossed, mm. and then um, the manager went away for a month. Up, oh, manager's away. And yeah. uh, so, in his absence, Justin was manager. Right. And we spent more time together. So um, it just grew from there, really, really quickly. So within about three months, we were living together. Wow. And he proposed a year after our first date. Right. So you're only 26 at this point. Um, yeah, 26. 27. Yeah, I was yeah. almost 26 when we started seeing yeah, each other. Yeah. So 27, I was 28 when we got married. Right. So, so it all happened pretty much. Um, we got engaged a year after our first date and then we got married eight months after that. Mm, to move in together after three months it seems to me quick and then a, a, only a year sort of together seems to me quick. Um, they're, they're my initial thoughts. Uh, See, it's quick in. for now, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, even 10 years ago, it wasn't that quick to be getting married. Mm, just some know. initial thoughts. Well, I think top. especially like I felt like I was, you know, one of those people at school, 25, seemed Old. I was yes. convinced I was going to be married by 24, kids by 26. Same. That was as a, as a school person. So to person. get to like 26 and then, you know, and then that person proposes. Like no one had ever proposed to me before. Yeah. Like I'd had serious boyfriends, but I think for me too, I was really looking for that. Like I didn't have a very stable home family life myself or upbringing. So I really always wanted to have that family unit and be a mom and create that you know have a home and create that I guess what I felt like I didn't have mm. Mm, yep. um, and and what society tells us that we're supposed to have yeah. as well well I guess for me it was also security yeah like I felt like safe yeah I thought it, that's what yeah. it was going mm. to be yes. of course yes. <laughs> um so yeah like I had really nice boyfriends before that but they just had never proposed or seemed to show signs that it was heading in that direction. Mm. So I, I used to joke that I had the, like, this two-year cutoff. Um, and, you know, nothing would necessarily go wrong, but sort of 18 months in, if there wasn't, like, sign of they were going to propose or they weren't, like, I don't know, yeah. I would just start dialing out. Plenty of people have that, though. Like, and I think to some degree, if your goal is marriage and children as a woman, you do have to have a time limit mm. with, you sure. know... Not necessarily a, if you haven't proposed by I'm out, but if I don't think that we're headed towards marriage and that's what I want and I need my womb to still be working, <laughs> yeah. like you got to put the time clock on it. Well, I think for me also it was like if you really loved me. Yeah. If you really thought I was special, like I was yeah. the one, you would have done it by now. Yeah. You obviously don't think I'm that special, which was probably more how I felt about myself. Mm. I needed someone else to... Like, feel that about me. Yeah. I think. That makes sense. So, you know, along comes this guy and, woof, he proposes, like, our first anniversary. And I'm like, yes. Of course. Yes. You want to spend your whole life with me? You picked me? Yeah. That's how it felt. Yeah. Like, um, and I didn't really question it much. 
beyond then like what it actually then meant to you know I mean I I never married not wanting it to not be forever yeah like I had a very strong idea of it's the one person forever and no matter what mm. like I'm there for it yeah which in retrospect probably kept me there a lot longer than yeah right then I should have stayed. Okay, so you've gotten married. Mm. Are you still happy at this point? Uh, I, you know, again, retrospect's a wonderful thing, isn't it? In retrospect, there were so many flags that I should yeah. have seen. Um, and were you still wor- you, uh, after? Sorry, you got yeah, married. Yeah, we still worked still together. together. So yeah. you're, you're seeing each other every day. Yeah, thing, and then that. So it was really intense. But right. at first, that's sort of intoxicating. Yeah, of course. Isn't oh, it? yeah. Oh, yeah. And then if there are any sort of bumps along the road, you're like, well, of course, we work together, we live together. But at, I mean, to be honest, like in that first few years, I hardly saw my friends. We did everything together mm. all the time, and we just wanted to be together. And like. He wasn't a very social person. He didn't. He was really awkward meeting my friends or being in a group scenario. So we just. But I thought, oh, you know, it's because he loves me so it's much. He just all wants to be with me passion. all the time, yeah. and that was, you know, I thought that was good. But he could just be really hot and cold, and um, you know, in the early part of our relationship, you know, I'd be waiting for him to finish work. I'd be upstairs and I'd be talking and whatever and to drive home and and I'd be sitting there going well, where is he because he'd be down in the office normally I'd be upstairs at the desk and um someone would go oh he went and I'm like uh-uh. what do you what do you mean he went <laughs> and they're like oh, no he's gone he's, he went like you know half an hour and I'm like but I'm waiting up here for us to go home together and I'd, I'd get in contact with him I'd be like what the hell and he'd, he'd just got into a tantrum and just left no nothing would have happened but, you know, it could be triggered by, like, someone talking to me in the gym or just, right, you know, okay. I don't know. He was, I guess, really, he could be really jealous. Yeah. Right. Easily triggered in that yeah. in that regard. Mm. Um, which, you know. I'm getting an itchy button finger. Not quite yet, but I'm getting <laughs> yeah. an itchy button finger. You yeah. Sense, sense like, that. I was always, I felt like a lot of the time I was running damage control. Um, and that became a theme in our relationship as well you know like little things like if I uploaded a picture on Facebook and it got 50 likes and all these people commented on and he uploaded the same picture but it got little response somehow that was something for him to be mad at me about like Mm -hmm. how come it's always you how come you're so pop you know like why do people respond to you like that because I'm an I'm an attractive female on the internet and it's different mm -hmm. rules for men and me and men and women on the internet basically that's basically it but that's it that's That's a hundred percent well and you know even like in the early days like if we're out and about and someone went oh you know you're so lucky you've got such a beautiful wife something like that Mm. he'd be like oh I know. People tell me all the time and it'd be so embarrassing. Like I'd just be like, like to the point where if I could sense that someone was about to say something like that, what I'd just type. Uh, like, I'd be like, oh, fucking do it. Don't say it. Just don't. Like that's got to be hard on your self-esteem as well. Like you can't ever enjoy a fucking compliment. No. I and and like you were, you were a model back then, yes? So... Um, literally your job yeah. to look hot it was funny because it was a real double-edged sword it could go either way yeah. either it was like look what you know look what i've got and only like, when it was convenient for him though. yeah but then it just for no reason it could then mm. go the other way too like mm. but it i i don't know i think um over time i just that's what i felt value for was mm. 
being more like a like a trophy. Yeah, I guess. Even though I just you know that term, sound, it, yeah, it sounds weird to great, talk about but, it like that. Yeah. But it's like you know, I've realised that it's like I couldn't leave the house without makeup on. I felt like I always had to be that person. Mm. I didn't feel like I could kind of switch off and like. Um, you know, this was a long, long-term relationship so that you can't – it's hard to keep that up. Yeah. And, you know, over the years as the years went on, um, you know, and I had a couple of kids and, you know, he'd say things like I'd get home from a, a day out shopping or whatever and he'd be like, how many wolf whistles did you get today? Oh, for fuck's sake. So, Press the button. Yeah, here we <laughs> yeah. go. Where are <laughs> yep, there we go. And I'd go, oh, well, I don't know. I wasn't really paying 50 attention. Million. Yeah, that's Thanks, right. I lost sir. count. I lost <laughs> but count I'd like, be like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention because I just, what a question. Like, yeah. You, that's a no that win. That's the biggest trap. It's a no yeah, question a that trap. I've ever, like, because you'd be like, none. If oh, I say, you, you know, if I say three, then it's like, oh, well, you liked that attention. That would be a problem. If I say, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention, it must have been a lot or something's happened that you don't want to tell me. Um, And in the end, like, I'd be like, none. And he'd be like, oh, you're slipping. There we go. We'll just mash that. Yeah. Jeez, that's poor. That's really, really, really (laughs) poor. I'm so sorry. I'm feeling anxious for you, Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, That's just making me like... Mm. Like what a that's not walking on eggshells that's walking on fucking broken glass like all of the time. Yeah, and you know, I mean this th- so I, I yeah, I did model for a few years um um which you know, it was not I didn't really enjoy it. I did pretty well at it, but I was just I don't know, just something about it just being so surface mm. and about how you look like that's never been what I've been about. No. Um so for the last probably 15 years I've been a hair and makeup artist so I love helping people feel beautiful um but yeah for me that whole surface thing but I just it's weird I just guess I felt like pushed into like that's that's why he loved me yeah and that was the value that he had that's how it felt Mm, that was your your value to him yeah and so did anything change once you had children? Did anything, mm. like, what happened then? Well, one, he wasn't the centre of my universe yes. anymore. Yeah. Yes, And he didn't cope with that at all. So we had a little boy first and um, he was a pretty difficult baby. And, um, of course, it's suddenly I'm at home with a baby <laughs> and he's still going to the gym, like, so personal trainer. So gone at, like, quarter to six in the morning home for a few hours in the middle of the day when um, Lucas would generally be sleeping, um, then home, uh, you know, off to work again for like four, not home till like eight thirty nine o'clock at night. Mm. So I was pretty much for a lot of that, I was like a single married person because I did all sort of the, the hard stuff on my own, um, which, you know, in time was a good thing because he just didn't cope at all. But Lucas only ever, especially when he was little, wanted me and he would take that as a personal affront. Mm. Um, Can so I just quickly interrupt and ask, are you okay with having your kids' names on here or do you want us to go back and bleep those? Um, no, I think I'm okay. okay cool. my, my, just needed to make sure because yeah. otherwise I was just going to tell Zane No, no, no. <laughs> my, kids, my kids are fully, they're like, you know, they're, um, they're not babies now. Yeah. They're not little. Mm. Um, my, my son's 18 
nearly 19 yeah and my daughter's uh, 16 and a half and they're they are very they under they know what's what's what they know the story yeah. they know what's happened okay yeah. cool just wanted to clarify make yeah sure and i have talked to them yeah. about the fact that i'm gonna be here so oh beautiful oh, lovely. great yes. they're supportive great yeah so uh, yeah, sorry to get us back on track. Uh, so you have a co- so one kid enters Lucas, the th- yeah. uh, Lucas enters the enters the world, and yeah. suddenly Justin isn't the centre of attention anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so my world completely changed mm. because at that age I was thirty one mm. um, when I had Lucas, and none of my friends had babies, and they were all still off. A lot of them were travelling. Like a lot of my close friends didn't have their first baby till they were in their like forties, mm. early forties. So I was suddenly at home alone with this baby that wouldn't stop crying, mm. and I was exhausted and very emotional. And um, he wasn't incredibly supportive. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm um, not terribly shocked. You know, it was all about what it was taking away from him—the time and attention. Right. And then it became a bit of a competition as well. You know, so that was really hard to navigate, mm. um, especially because. Yeah, I didn't have really any support or no, because by this stage you had you were still not hanging around a lot of friends. Well, no, no, yeah. like all my gym friends were off partying and going to dance parties mm. and <laughs> doing all that stuff. So that yeah. And with your and with Justin, you guys didn't start. You didn't form a routine of seeing other people and and having and seeing friends going for dinners and all that. You, no, you started out no. quite separate and alone. So that didn't, so that didn't and really uh, grow. I yeah. think over the years too, like I just kind of got alienated because if we did go out and do a group thing, he would behave so embarrassingly Can't that see. it would be so unpleasant that I would. I just started avoiding it. I don't think I even realised that was what I was doing. And then having a child is a good excuse to miss everything, mm. mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Um, but that happens a lot, right? So it's it's when people talk about the fact that they, they were alienated from their friends, it never seems to feel like something where someone's like, I don't want to see your friends. It's usually a choice made by that person that because of the behaviour of their partner, mm. they don't want to put them in the same room together Mm. with their friends and like I've been in that same position as well where I was just like well I know that person doesn't like that person so I'm going to separate them but that is altogether a strategy that they use right their partners are obnoxious so that you will make the decision so they can't be blamed for any of that Mm, yeah I mean he'd oh I just some of the like my friends, I just thought they just must think he's such a dick. Did they ever tell uh, tell you? Not Did they to ever... my face. Not till not till, not like, till after uh, much, we much later. after we separated. Then mm. they were all like, "Oh, well, I always thought he was an asshole." I'm like, "Could have told me that." Uh. You, <laughs> can't. you can't. You can't. You can't. Because there's no. Because then you would have again avoided socializing yeah. with that person, which would have put you further away from a yeah. friendship mm. network. But you know, he'd just do those awful things, like just leave sometimes. Like you know, we'd all be out and just group and chatting and whatever and I'd turn around he'd just be gone and like how do I that's so embarrassing or like he'd just sit there and not talk to anyone or just he oh it was just so uncomfortable and I'd spend the whole night trying to baby him making it all right for him and I wouldn't have a good time anyway yeah so and you know god forbid if some guy came up and tried to buy me a drink or like then it was like all over yeah, it's all on. Yeah. So anyway, had Lucas and then um, within two years I had two. So I had a two-year-old and a newborn, Alice, which again, like, oh, my God, that was that was another level. And he just couldn't deal with the sleep deprivation or any of the uh, 
full onness that comes with toddler so, and newborn. Well, after the first child, did you need to convince him to have a second or did he want a second? Well, he um, is an only child. Right. So he would have happily stopped at one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm super close to my sister. And yeah. I, I know that doesn't mean your, your kids are going to be close, but I wanted to give them the opportunity to have that relationship. Yeah, yeah sure. And I think also for me, because um, my own family life and my upbringing, my parents was a really whole other situation. That's a different story. On yeah, a different but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, Clear and I, my sister and I, Clear and I, we always had each other's backs. And it was one person in the world that really understood um, what you'd been through yeah, together. So mm-hmm. I really wanted um, my kids to have that. So, yeah, he did agree to number two. Okay. And so after number two, how did you cope with three children in the house? <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially exactly how it felt. Yeah. And, and it's like, a good question. How did you cope? You know, how did, it's an interesting question to ask because at the time when you're like <sighs> when you're live going through it, yeah. you probably aren't really. Are no. You? But, I, but you well, find, but you subconsciously I find think ways. In re- and, well. I probably just went into survival mode. Mm. Also, at the same time that I had my daughter, my mum got very sick. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, she got emphysema. And for two years, um, she died when my um, Alice was two. Oh, so I had that as well my going goodness. on. And I was pretty much her main carer as well. And I look back on it now and I just, I really don't know mm. how that didn't completely break me. But I just didn't have, uh, th- there was no one else like to and you just keep getting up and putting wheat bicks on the table and making it work and you know and what it was, was pretty it? it was very very hard and yeah like I said he wasn't a lot of support um and if you know if he did do anything I had to, he needed a lot of he got the praise and all yeah that he else. needed a lot of like yes. applause and you know he was the sort of he'd be like I did the dishes for you Here's a medal and we've got a ceremony in your honour this Friday. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I had all that, you know, perfect example, had all that going on. And, you know, I remember just having this fight with him one day and he was like, you wear jeans too much. Oh. You're a dick too it's much. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it sounds so crazy no, now. But I like, and at the time I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I have a baby Two and a babies. toddler and a sick mum. Yeah. What, it, what are you expecting me to put on every day? Red lippy, like, please, now. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. But, you and know, it's like, just... It, but do you then go into def- defensive mode rather than being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, do you just go... Oh, I do remember ex- we, did have a, we, did have a f- we did have a fight about that because I was like, I just can't believe it. I just can't believe that you're... Car- like, this is a thing. Yeah. But then, you know, it's just all these little things along the way. It's like I always say what I ended – the relationship that I ended up in and what I ended up tolerating and accepting was so far from who I ever thought I was. Of course. But it's so gradual when that stuff happens. The relationship I thought I would be in. Like I look back on it now and it's just insanity. But it happens gradually. It happens so slowly. And, I mean, the length of time that we were together, you know, over 19 years, that's a long time to be chipped away at. Yeah. There's not that's a lot. brainwashing territory. Yeah, there's not a lot left of you at the end of that period of time that's recognisable It's really anymore. hard, And it's really hard to, for everyone at home to picture how long it is and how long 19 years is. 
you sort of we go, oh, this song. Some came of out our in listeners might only be nineteen, 19 years, years old. It's yeah, like, a whole lifetime. It's, you know, we lose t- time is so weird. We lose track of time in really weird. This song came out ten years ago. We go, oh, ten years, you know, but nineteen yeah. years with someone, and every day, well, nearly every day, you're getting chipped away at, and yeah, it, and it's yeah, it just it really just wears you down. It's like a tap dripping onto stone. Yeah, and it just eventually Death it just a thousand cuts. Yeah. Can yeah. I ask? So while all of this craziness is happening with the, you know, two very young children Mm. and your mother passing and all of this pressure welling up, did you ever have the thought even that you wanted to leave at that point or was it just Um, make it work? I think there was just too much on my plate at that stage. Um, My sister had left her husband when her girls were two and four and I knew how hard that was. Right. Um, and I just guess I wasn't ready. Like I, my role model of marriage was my grandparents mm. who were, um, just, just loved each other so much. And my grandfather just doted on yep. my grandmother. Mm. Yep. And I just was like, you know, I didn't expect it to be a walk in the park. And I was like, I meant my vows like forever mm. till death do us part. And I was like, I just hung in there. I'm not a quitter and something, you know, <laughs> maybe that's to my detriment. But, you know, he things terrible things would happen and and he'd be terribly sorry afterwards and he'd promise me that it would change. And he'd be like, I'm gonna do this, I'll go on medication, I'll go and um, you know, speak to this counselor, I'll do go and do meditation, I'll we over the years, like everything. Uh we tried a lot of different things um, and he would change for a little while and then just slowly it would slip back. And if I, you know, so like he agreed to go on medication even though he was really um, anti-medication because mm. um, rage was a big problem, anger. And he would basically take it like you would a Panadol so it doesn't work like that obviously oh god no 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 that stuff so, needs to build up in your system and we went through out. this so many times so he would go on it and he would start to feel a little bit better so he'd stop taking it but he wouldn't right, yes. discuss it with me or so I'd start noticing this like the, the behavior changing yep. and if I dared to say um so if you stop taking your medication Mm. Why are you always on my back? I've been really good the last few days. Yeah. Or you now you're ruining it all, well, and why are you yeah, doing this we'll to me? And you're you not supportive. And so I'd be checking the medication, you know. And it just again, it was another no-win situation because if I said nothing, it would get worse. If I said something, it was it explosive. Up, yeah, right. And, and look, it was it, it was always like what I couldn't do anything right. So it was me that was causing him to be angry. Right. You know, I packed the dishwasher wrong. I cooked too slowly. I, you know, it just, it was, oh God, <laughs> it's really, sorry, it's hard to talk about. No, 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 I get it. I, oh. yep, I've, like, I, I wasn't there for 19 years, but mm. like, I've been in that relationship and even I'm going, oh, yeah. Like, it's it hard was to so to. exhausting and suffocating. And you're just, you're just walking on eggshells all the time, like towards the end, um, you know. So we, we, I'm fast forwarding, um, you know, after mum died, my kids were two and four and I just really went into a very deep hole after that. Um, 
Sorry. That's all right. No. Take your time. Take Sorry. a minute. It's it's totally fine. And I know that hole you're talking about. I, I, I'm not going to try and claim to have gone through anything as as real as you, mm. as, as as anything as monstrous as, as anything as big. Right? But I know that hole. Mm. I know what it's like to be in that place, and you don't know who you are, or you don't know who your friends are. You don't know. You don't know. You're upset at yourself for things that you've done, and you, you want you want to change so much that you have done. And you're just lying in that hole, and you're you can't, living in you fight or flight. Yeah. You're living in fight or flight mode, and that is so <laughs> fucking exhausting. Mm. Um, yeah. So for a few years, I just didn't really see anyone or speak to anyone. Um, you would never know it to look at the photos in the album because you know, again. Wheat bix. <laughs> yeah. I had to still get up and I had to still get the kids to school and daycare and I had to, you know, I had to function. But I'd pretty much do that. Like I'd drop the kids to daycare on the days that Alice went because she was still really little and mm. I'd just come home and I'd sleep. And, you know, I just wouldn't return my friends' calls. I wouldn't answer emails. And um, just eventually they stopped ringing, you know. <laughs> And a lot of people drop away too because they don't know what to say. They don't. They haven't mm. experienced uh, a loss like that themselves, and they just—it's so awkward for them that they just say nothing. It's mm. not that they necessarily don't care. They just—and then it gets too long. And yeah, but that whole time, like, he was not very understanding or supportive, and um, it was always more about how me not coping was affecting him. Yes, right. We've, yes, and the knock on, you know. Yeah, like how hard it was for him dealing with me. <laughs> cool thing, sorry. It's, yep. It's, it's, it's yeah. We're just going to mash that as we buy everyone. I just in the like I just time. looked over to the producer and I'm like, it feels like a moment. <laughs> I'm too mad to say it. Yeah, I feel like I'm sort of jumping all over the place. But no, to cover. Uh, like you're, I you're, said, it's just it's such a long period of time, and there was just so many little moments that you're just like, what the hell. You're trying to cover 19 years of history, so yeah, that's understandable yeah. jumping around. One phrase I want to bring up is the idea that it's both it's sort of an excuse and real wisdom, and that's like marriage is hard, right? Or marriage takes hard work. Mm. That's wisdom because it does take work, hard work, every day, you know, day in, day out, working at a chair, you know, checking in, uh, showing up, being responsible. But that's also an excuse. It also gets used as an excuse by people mm. who are in trouble in some degree where they go oh no it's not that he's bad it's marriage is hard That's and of course this is a struggle because I've just lost my mother yeah. my kids a little financially we were struggling as well if. Um, you know and then there was always that oh, having to b- build him up mm. you know it's like why aren't he had sort of he always sort of had this chip on his shoulder about he should be more successful. Like he was, he would be yell at Michelle Bridges on the television because <laughs> I should be on that. Like I've been a personal trainer for ten years. I am, much, you know. Yeah. Oh, like he get mad at Jamie Oliver. Uh, it was. <laughs> oh God, how exhausting! And just being like, jealous know, of everybody yeah. in the world. It yeah. pretty much was like that. It was like, like I find people like that inspiring. How yeah. amazing is that? Like you know, like they're out there and they're. It's fantastic. Like great. Yeah. But he took it as like it should be me. Why isn't it me? Like because you're sitting at home yelling at a television <laughs> instead of actually yeah, speaking right. to people who could make it happen. Yeah, and it just I think he was just really pissed off with the universe that it didn't fall in his lap and just happened for him. But yeah. it was just this continual having to build him up and just, I guess, trying to maintain some sort of 
um, just survival, really. Mm. So, okay, as we've said, it's a long mm. span yes. of a relationship. So mm. let's kind of jump mm. somewhere towards the end. Mm. What are some of the biggest differences that now looking back that you noticed in who you were towards the end versus who you are now or who you thought you wanted to be when you first started dating him? Well, I guess something that I I just want to say about the period we were together is that it was very emotionally um, um, abusive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, verbally, but he also was physically abusive um, a few times. But it's just amazing that, you know, you get to that, you're like, it's not that bad. Like, you almost have to tell yourself that so you can stay there. And I, um, you know, I think it's it's even still hard for me to talk about it because for that long when you've been protecting someone – because you don't want people to think badly about them, but also because you're embarrassed mm, that yeah. you're in that situation and you're choosing to stay in it. Um, you know, I think that people, you know, and I know I, I know I did it myself where you'd see the news and you'd be like, why did she stay with him? Like, I don't understand. And then you, you know, like now I realise that I, that was me. I was that person. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, a lot of it just escalated from like, you know, um, I guess coming to the end, there there were a few really horrible things that happened, and the funny thing is that the nail in the coffin wasn't even close to the worst. It just was just a moment. Um, you know, we probably should have at least broken up two years before we did, but we went on a cruise two years before we actually separated. Um, it was not what I wanted to do, but he really wanted to go on it, so we went on this cruise and. Um, um, you know, the kids had a great time, but the, towards the end, um, it was the last night and we went out um, for drinks. Everyone goes out for drinks on the last night and you've got to put all your cases outside the room. Mm. And we left the kids back in the room, you know, with the telly and food and everything. Mm. And one of us was going back and checking on them. It was just sort of down the hallway. And um, so we were sort of doing that like for a few hours and I turned around and we got chatting to some other people like you do on a cruise, mm. you know. It's just mm. really like, you know. Um, and I turned around at one point and he was just gone. And I assumed that he um, must have gone back to check on the kids. And so I kept chatting and, you know, a couple of people were like, oh, where's he gone? And I'm like, oh, he must have gone back to check on the kids. I'm sure mm. he'll be back in a second. And he didn't come back. And so this guy that was sitting beside me said, oh, you know, like, do you want me to get you a drink while he's, you know, while you're waiting for him to come back? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Like, all right then. And uh, next thing I know, like, he brought me the drink back and um, next thing I know, Justin's over his shoulder, like, screaming. And the music was quite loud where we were Mm. and we were sort of near the door, but screaming. He's like, you better fuck off, mate. And this guy just, his face, he just disappeared into the crowd. And he's just yelling at me and I'm like, what's wrong? What are you doing? And he's like, he's he's like, you've got to come back to the room with me right now. And I'm like, I know the kids are back there. And I'm like, I'm not going back to the room with you like this. You need to calm down and then I'll come back to the room with mm. you. And uh, a sip of water. My mouth's getting dry. That's all right. And he's like, you're coming back with me now. And I'm like, you know, just calm down. And he grabbed me by the arm and pulled me. And there was a few stairs down and I lost my balance. And he just dragged me like up those, you know, those long carpeted hallways. Yep, yep. And I was 
calling out and I was like you know you're hurting me please stop please stop and he kept dragging me you're coming back to the room and he rounded a corner and there was a maid out in the hallway with a trolley and he stopped then and she called security and um they came and I just at that point I just wanted to get back to the room to my kids and I just wanted to get off that fucking boat (laughs) um and the the head of security was actually a woman and she came up to me and uh, she's like, do you want to press charges? And I was like, no, I, like, like it's fine, it's fine. And we'd had sort of episodes like that um, before, uh, but not in such a public place. Mm, yeah, sure. Like no one else had really been involved before. And um, so she went and looked at the security footage. She said I could have pressed charges if I wanted to, but it just—I was like, you know—he just dragged me up the hallway. It's just amazing where your brain goes to. Like he just go—he just—it just—it was just. Mm, yeah. um, and so they took him away for the night because he was quite drunk. They took him away to cool down somewhere else. And um, the next morning we were all getting off the boat at like six in the morning or something. But I just remember like going back to the room and you know just the kids putting them to sleep and just being awake all night lying there looking at the roof just waiting for it to get light so I could get off that boat you know and just being embarrassed that other people had seen it and then being worried for him that they might go to the police or you know that the footage was out there um I feel so sad for you that you weren't worried for you Luke. <laughs> mm, yeah that's what I was replaying in my mind over and over again oh. Well, it just making it okay for everyone, like especially the kids. Like I didn't want that to be their memory. Like they didn't see any of it and I just didn't want, you know, they, I just didn't want that to be a part of, of course. ruining the cruise for them, you know. Anyway, we got home and he was so apologetic. He, like he, I remember just I sat in my room for like two days and he – I didn't know what to do and – um. He's like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that to my beautiful wife. And, you know, I'll never do it again. And this year's going to be different. It was always, every year it was going to be different. And every year it just, it would be better for a little bit. And then it would just get worse again. And he like, he, I didn't realise it at the time, but he'd actually taken all the skin off one of my hips. Which took a long, it was like massive carpet burn basically. It took a long time to heal. Um, and there was a scar there for a long time too. So, um, you know, and he was better for a while after that, but it's like that it had to get that bad. Mm. Um, and I stayed with him. I stayed with him and I probably should have left then. And I'm betting he was only apologetic because he was embarrassed because he did in public and got saw and people saw the behaviour for once. Yeah. So he, he embarrassed himself and then had to, because other people, there was witnesses for once. So that's why he came back, I'm guessing, came back so apologetic, so over yeah. the top to try and fix it. But oh, then I think I think what really spurred me towards the end was that um, he started having conflict with the kids. He right. couldn't tolerate their noise, their mess, them wanting anything from him. So over time I just, because he was a trainer, it was, you know, he'd be gone in the mornings, he'd be gone in the evenings. I just tried to keep them separate as much as possible. Like sometimes he could go two days without having actually seen them, but he'd, like, especially towards the end, he'd get home from work and he'd be like, they can't come downstairs. He didn't want them downstairs. So when he'd get home from work at like 8.30 at night, uh, they had to be upstairs in their pyjamas ready for bed. And I would wait till he got home to have dinner with him 
Uh, so I'd feed the kids earlier. I'd have, you know, be with this panic to get them upstairs, get homework done, get them bathed, get them everything, and they'd be upstairs. So, you know, he, we wouldn't have seen them for the whole day and he'd get home and even if they came down, because they're still, like, they were 10 and 12 when we separated. Um, they're it, kids. They want to see their, yeah, see their dad and their mum. Yeah. Uh, if he, you know, one of them came downstairs to get a book out of their bag or an apple, he would just lose it. This is my time. This is my space. You're ruining my dinner. This is my relaxing time. And I'd just be sitting there thinking, like, you're ruining it. I'd rather be sitting here with them. Like, it's just, it got to the point where his car, I'd hear his car come home, my stomach would tighten. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like you're, you're set dressing, like everything had to be perfect. Or it was just anything would set him off. Anything. And... You know, for a long time, my my son, who's quite sensitive, like he would get upset when <laughs> would scream. Oh, sugar, I said his name. Sorry, okay. we'll mark it down. Justin, we'll get a bleep. Yeah, that's what when, it's for. Sorry. Um, when he would um, when they'd have an altercation, you know, like Lucas was um a very difficult eater. So this is another reason why I started feeding them separately because uh, it would cause so much tension and Justin would like grab him by the collar and be like, do you want to be small for the rest of your life? And and even like try to force feed him. And, and, you know, I would always get in between them and then, um, you know, this would then lead, like that's when the violence escalated because he'd be like, you're not supporting me, you're undermining my authority. And I'd just be like, I cannot support you when you parent like that. I won't. So don't ask me to. parenting. That is like, no. So, you know, I'd get in between the two of them. um, And uh, at one stage, he ended up choking me down on the floor. And um, I managed, oh, this is really hard. I got away from him and I actually called the police. That's totally fine. I'm um, oh. I'm glad that you got to a point where you could call for help. Mm-hmm. Yep. Didn't go well. Oh, oh. Shit. <laughs> um, so I find I just finally called the cops, and um, like I had I had bruises around my wrists, around my neck, where he tried to choke me. I'd wet myself. Um. And the police arrived, and I was upstairs with the kids because they were upset. This sounds so ridiculous when I'm telling it back. Um, but he told them that I hit him first. Mm, yeah. Fuck off. That and makes me so fucking mad. I was wondering that. Did he? Was he the one that talked to the police first? Yeah, um, I was wondering that. Yeah, he told them that I hit him first and so they took me away. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm so sorry that happened. That... Yeah. I don't know what this. It was. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say because it, it's so. And that's not. I'm guessing that's. This isn't an issue that's gone to bed. Yeah. Not just for you, for all women, all people being abused. Right. I'm. I'm sure it still happens where husbands or abusive husbands get believed. Abusive wives get believed. Oh, like I'm, sh- I'm so. I'm so. All I can think of when I heard that story was Gabby Petito. Like I yeah. know that that. But just police, you know, victims of abuse are going to sit there and go, you know, I I contributed to it because they've been victims their entire life. But mm. when police don't have enough training to actually deal with emotional abuse and physical abusive situations and just 
take the word of, of one person and 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 like this is this is another reason why you need to entrust these kinds of things to people who are trained mm. to deal with you know psychological situations and 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 de-escalating trauma this shouldn't be a police issue this shouldn't you know like i don't want to make this a whole defund the police issue but holy fuck defund mm. the police yeah. because cops shouldn't be the people responding to these kinds of fucking pressure cooker situations because shit like this happens and then as soon as you get back together again afterwards someone's gonna get punished like yep. it, it's fucked i'm sorry that's just made me so mad well just for me like and they left my kids there with him oh, that's fucking horrific <laughs> yeah it was unbelievable and you and you're I got being fingerprinted and you i was locked up the whole night oh they God. wouldn't let me out they said you have to stay away and from you, him and for if you, as a mother, 12 hours. I've seen mothers in action, right? So I know how, how mothers can be. And if you, But if you start kicking off in the police station about how you're, how they've got it wrong... I just cried. You just seem, you just seem more, I don't know, I don't know guilty. And it, and you, it doesn't, you and can't help yourself. And it was all, um, you know, like, I think cops do a great job when they do a great job, but it was all guys that got sent out. And this is the thing, when they you need say specifically about, trained people yeah. to, ma to make those yep. calls. But when you say about Gabby Petito, like that, when I watched that video and it's like the cops are laughing with him, like they're having a bit of it's a, a boys club thing. That was very much that scenario. Like when they took me down, they're like, you know, don't look at him, don't make eye contact. But I could, have, I could hear the way that they were talking downstairs because they kept us apart. Oh, fuck. It was awful. I had to go to court. And I'm so fucking sorry. That's I, awful. I, again, I just wanted to say whatever it was that was going to make it go away because I guess I was really scared that, you know, they might take kids away or... Yeah. So, yeah, that happened. And then, yeah, there continues to be conflict between... Um, he was very hard on my son and... Um, I think I just got to a point where I realised that um, what sort of example was I setting for my kids that this is what a loving relationship and marriage should look like. Right. Like, I feel like, you know, like people, when I finally left, they said to me, oh, you're so brave. But I didn't feel that way. I just felt like he left me with no other choice at that point. Like, it was like, well, you've made it impossible to stay now. So... It's terrifying. I'm kind of glad he did make it impossible yeah, right. to stay. And as awful as limit that you, a non-quitter of anything, <laughs> had to get pushed to. I think I won that club. Yeah. yeah I know. Like, not the club shit. you want to be in. But um, I think, you know, it's like it was, I didn't want to break up the family. I knew it was going to be. And, you know, for but the you'd last. You'd also have years of him. Explaining to you why it was all my why fault, it was all that your was fault like that you would have been taking it on for years and oh, years. Oh, and there's and also that no, no, like no you're so much hard work. You. Yeah, and you a, know, like you'd never survive without me. Like, and there's a there's a social stigma around uh, sing, uh, single mums or divorced women. There's there's so many. Uh, I don't think I was so concerned about that as I and also I mean you know I presented him very well to everyone else like nobody else had would have had a clue like not even my sister knew how bad it was sure. um 
because I was like, if I am staying, I don't want everyone to, you know, if he does actually get better this time and if things do get better, then I don't want people to know that that's where it's been and, you know. Um, but when I saw where it was heading with my son, like my son started getting angry back at him and getting um, very defensive of uh, like standing up for me mm. and I just thought I can't. I could see that in the future there was going to be a time where it was probably going to get physical between my son and um, Justin. And I thought I cannot as a mother wait for that to be the straw. I can't let that happen. Um, And like the last six months were so bad that I was basically having a complete physical breakdown. but, you know, again, the focus was all on me not coping. Like for, for probably a good 18 months, like after that, after the cruise, pretty much I couldn't sleep. Um, the last six months I couldn't keep food down. But, you know, it was just always trying to make it so normal for the kids. And like I look back on it now, and we've, the kids and I have talked about it now. It's like in the mornings I'd be getting them ready to get them off to school to then go to work mm. at the studio and do my day there and then come and, and like, pick them up from school and then get their dinners and get all that done before he came home. Yeah. So everything was perfect. And then second dinner and... Ugh. I met you towards the end, mm. um, I'm pretty sure. And I swear to God, like... <laughs> She's just absolute sunshine and rainbows and light. There's no fucking way I would have guessed. Like when you when you announced that you were separating, even the way that you announced it made it sound like it was this beautiful, amicable, you know, right. con- conscious uncoupling that you were being, you know, it's just Olympus time, has fallen, Cupid know? has hung himself because this great it romance has come yeah, to an end. It, a conscious, what was it? Un- conscious conscious un- uncoupling, coupling. whatever it was, yeah. Uh. Like it just, it just... Well, there was there was a reason for that with yeah. the kids. Yeah, of course. I because would have had no clue. Like, and I know that we weren't super close back then, but like nobody did. You just and that's the thing. Like, I guess if anyone's listening who's in a similar experience, it's like I really understand that you do you protect them, but it then it does become to your own detriment because then you don't have the people around you to support you. Um, and, you know, if I had had that and if I'd been more honest, I might have left sooner. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll, you know, at the end of the day, I guess it all happens the way it's meant to. But, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, so, oh, my God, you're going to love this. He wants to go on another cruise. What, like Two now? years after the first one. Oh, oh no, not now. I was going to say, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> so two years after that cruise, he got an offer to go on another cruise and he got a discount because he was going on as a motivational speaker. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Just fantastic. Oh, really and <laughs> not only is it <coughs> another cruise, which I did, I probably will never go on another cruise in my life, I don't think. No. But it was not only another cruise, it was the same boat. Oh, good. The same exact cruise. same boat and the exact same cruise. No. And no. I, no. so he came to me with this whole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If that's the same boat and security knows this man. Oh, and they we're don't ask actually, to press. No, there's, because of course that did cross my mind, but there's no. Because I was like, in what universe would, would a boat that knows who this person is ask him to motivate anybody? Motivational speaker. Yeah. Mm. So I, he told me about this about six months before and I was like, I, I just said to him, I don't know. I don't think I can do this. No. Uh, and, of course, I was, like, not being supportive. 
uh, you know, take one for the team, I think, was the expression. I feel like yes. you did. Yeah. On the like, yeah. you c- why why can't you just get over it? You're like a dog with a bone. Like That happened two years. I said I was sorry. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, that was loud. No, no, no. But like, yeah, that, that was basically how the communication, you know, like it, it was being mean to the kids because they would be so, he'd already told them about it too. Of course he had. So now if we don't go, it's because mum won't do, doesn't want to get on the boat, course. right? Of oh, course. So... I said, yes, I'll go on the boat. And I, now I look at it and uh, my body just shut down. I think my body just went, if, you, if you're not actually physically going to stop yourself from getting on the boat, I'm going to make you stop. Yeah. So I, I had to get a doctor to come to the house the night before I was meant to get on the boat uh, to sedate me, inject me with Valium so I could get on the boat. It's pretty. You think that would be enough for me to it's go? It's a pretty major, st- you know, step to so get. So I think we're a bit traumatized yeah. here, maybe. So, so, yeah. The the <gasps> response was, okay, here's what I need to get through this. Not, I'm not going to do this. Yes. I need to do this for the kids. I've come in. I can't let everyone down. So, oh my god, got on the boat. Got on the boat, and we'd made an agreement to not go near where the incident happened. We're not going to the front bar. We're not going to go up and down this bit of carpet. I feel like he's where the incident happened, and you'd need to stay yeah. away from him to yeah, not go a near a where the incident that, happened, <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyway, went on this cruise, and he was doing his motivational speaking. So obviously, people—it's uh, a big boat, and there's a lot of people, right? Mm. Uh, so if you're uh, a speaker but, but, or a performer in any of these but boats, people, the fan, are, the people like, will see you. Know yeah. him, yeah. and so he was on his best behaviour, and you know. Um, but I couldn't bring up what happened last time, or you know, no, anything you'd just like be that. bringing the vibe down. But so we're on the boat for Christmas and New Year. Great. So oh no, sorry, we got on just after Christmas, but we're on it for New Year. So we get to New Year's Eve, and there's a big party up on the top deck, right? And we're all dressed up, and I've got the kids, and there's meant to be fireworks at midnight and the kids are really excited they're setting it off on the, the fireworks on the island which we're close by and anyway party's going on it's all great we're all together we're on the top deck we're looking out and there's a countdown 10 9 8 the kids are so excited i remember their little faces and especially my son lucas he's just looking at me it's like the best he loves boats he's obsessed mm. with the titanic mm. so he's just he's met the captain he's just like oh and i turn around and Justin's face is just, he's just, and he just goes, fuck this fucking family. And he walks off. Uh, oh. Wow. wow. I'll d- Three, uh, two, happy new year. one. <laughs> and my kids are there and I'm just looking at Lucas and it's happy new year. And they haven't realised yet that he's stormed off and I'm just like yay look at him you know giving them cuddles and I'm like oh look that's so amazing and and then it gets to a point where they're like where's dad where's dad and I'm like oh and just I just I see Lucas's little face when he went from that happy excitement so to realizing dad's not there and He's old enough now to realise that something's happened and that I'm upset. You know, they're not stupid. That's yeah. right. There's only so much you can do and I'm trying to make it all okay for them. And I'm like, I think he went to the loo. I don't know. And, we you know, we found him later. He'd gone off and just got – I don't – I can't even remember why he said he did that. But, uh, you know, that, so that was, uh, that was New Year. And he made us go back up the next night 
To the roof. To redo New Year's. To redo New Year's. Fucking hell. I'm not even kidding. It sounds so yep. ridiculous now. To no, redo like this is the thing. So we had he to actually reframe that memory down. so that he wasn't a bad guy in it. Like that's that's so fucking typical. And the photos. Like, oh, you got you got to pretend that you were happy families the whole fucking time. Yeah. So anyway, got back from that holiday and I really deteriorated massively. Yeah. Massively deteriorated. But again, it was like how that was affecting him. Why can't I get my life together? Like, you know, everyone else's wife is like not like this and you're so much hard work. You're such a burden. I've always got to pick up the slack for you. Blah, 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 blah. I was just losing weight. I just couldn't sleep. Like I'd get the kids ready in the morning. I'd, t- I'd drink my tea and it would just – I'm making sandwiches. My tea would just come up. And I'd just be like, okay, have you got your bags? And, like, it was just normal for the kids. Like, Lucas was like, mum, I just can't – but, like, that just – it never bothered. Like, it didn't, it didn't bother me, like, because you just made it all seem okay. Mm, um, so, anyway, um, yeah, things are going really bad. And um, we went out for a lunch, which I didn't want to go out to. And, um, anyway, I, I – was meant to walk home with a friend um, to meet him back at home to do pizzas and we took too long walking home and he got really mad and didn't talk to my friend the whole night. Like we made, oh, it was so embarrassing. I was so embarrassed. And anyway, he was just really pissed off and I was like, you know, he didn't talk to me for all of Sunday and I thought, I was actually quite relieved. Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Talk so to me. Luce, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? So it got to the Monday morning. He still hadn't spoken to me. And Lucas was home with me that day because I'd give them mummy days. So my kids hardly ever got sick. So I used to call them like, well, mummy days, but they were mental health days. Yeah. So it's like, well, you never have a day off school because you're sick. So yeah. I'd let them stay home for a day and pick whatever they wanted to do. So they could, it could be go to a movie. It could be go have a picnic or it could be go to the store and get an ice cream and like it was so cute and they mm. used to plan it and get so excited about it like I just loved it so Lucas was having his mummy day on the Monday and he wanted to sit at home with me and watch some movie and we were watching the movie and um my phone is going off with messages from um Justin like just abusive messages and I was just ignoring them because I was like mm. and watching the movie and then um Lucas's phone went off and he picked it up and um, looked at it. So they only got a phone when they went to high school. So mm. he looked at it and he's, I could tell he was upset. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, it's nothing, it's nothing. And I'm like, show me. So I got the phone. It was a message from Justin basically saying to him, mum's, you know, I, I can't, you know, can't stand being around your mother so I'm not I'm not coming home this afternoon and like you know she's got a like whatever. And I just texted back on my son's phone. I'm like, good work, idiot. You've made him cry now. Mm. And then my phone rang and it was him and I'm like, oh, okay, we can talk like adults and just sort this shit out. Like, you know, don't drag the kids into it kind of thing. And I answered the phone and he is screaming. Surprise. Screaming. I don't even know where he was, but oh my God. And he's like, okay, language warning. He's like, you fucking useless fucking cunt. I fucking hate you. And I just hung up. Yes. Good. Yes. Good is, Good. The, is the response Good. there. And that second, I was just like, that's it. Good. I'm done. Good. So this was about five months after the cruise, the second cruise. Yeah. And I was just, it was the most terrified and most relieved I've ever felt at the same time in one second. Because yeah. I was like, fuck, I don't know 
what's next, but that's it. It's done. Just done. Yeah. Well done. And I just Fuck went me. and sat back down with my son and watched the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, good. Fine. And it's so funny because I just, like, when it actually came to crunch time, I held it all together, but I just feel like I'd done so much grieving already mm. and so much crying in the shower and... You'd like, spent <sighs> probably 17 years <laughs> grieving. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, of course, he was like, give me another six months. No. Mm, yeah. And I was like... <laughs> I've given you I've how like, many years? You've had six months, buddy. I'm like, you've had more than six months. You've had that, you know, you've had years. Mm. And um, he asked me to go to his counsellor with him. He had been seeing a counsellor and um, I just wanted to facilitate getting him out of the house, really. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. But I expected her to, fully expected her to be on his side because mm. she'd only got one side of the yeah, story. Right. And of course. You know, yep. all of his problems was because of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I went to a session and um, it was actually hilarious because he would be like, blah, 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 like all this, well, everything that was wrong with me, right? And she does this. And so the counsellor looked at me and she's like, um, so Lucy, do you have anything like to say about that? Like, you know, do you, what's your response? And I'd go, well, I, you know, and I'd just, get five words out or something he'd be like rah, 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 and just talk over me and oh then i just the therapist would because i was like, just this is unhealthy mm. i was so not invested at that point so i just let him go i'd be like yep yep and then you know after the second time or third time he did it she stopped him he's like she's like you take up all the space in the room you're not letting her speak and I'm give like, that therapist a fucking medal i'm like Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, she sees. Let she her sees speak. Especially like you know, like the cops didn't see, and I was like, you know, you doubt you doubt yourself too. Like, yeah. is it really that bad? Yeah. Am I giving up too easily? Mm. Could I? You know, I know I'm not a perfect person. I'm not. Like no one is. I tr- I try, and I can see. I can see now how it was just such a vicious cycle because the angrier he got, the more anxious I got. The more anxious I got, the angrier he got. And it just mm. it just was it was never gonna get better. Yeah. Okay. Gee whiz. Holy yeah, shit, I, forgive me, readers. I forgot that I was on a podcast for Sorry. for about forty <laughs> minutes there. And I've just been it's not don't apologize, Lucy. It's such a horrible story and my heart breaks the most for your kids particularly your little boy because i'm a, i was i'm a sensitive little boy and i was that sensitive little boy however i had a happy parents you know so i can't imagine like you just looking in the world full of you know full of wide-eyed wonder and your dad screaming at you so I, my heart breaks for your little boy um, the most in the story gee whiz what a what a saga what a terrible terrible saga to, to have to to have to live through i can't I'm kind of speechless because I don't, I can't, I can't, mm. I can't match it. The experience, I can't, I can't, ma- I can't well, match it. So I, yeah. I, I can only a, sort <laughs> I of hope apologize. There are not, yeah. The sad thing is that there are people who can match it, and yeah. I hope that they're listening and that they know that they're not alone, and that you can get out and you will be okay, and you can get help. There's a help out there. That's where I'm getting with this. So she got him out of the house, and he thought it was temporary. Um, and he <laughs> hilariously called the mental health team on me. 
I was at home, so he was staying with a friend for a while, and uh, I opened the door. I was cooking the kids' dinner, and it's the mental health team, oh and they're Lord. like, "We've been, we've been asked. He's asked us to do a, a welfare check because, you know, clearly I wasn't doing well because I was leaving him. You know. Yes. So at this point, I've told him it's over. I'm not coming back. I'm sorry. He's I don't just love trying. you anymore. He's clutching at yep, fucking grasping. straws. And I've got my little girl here. She's like, "Mummy, what's this about?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's nothing, sweetie. It's all right." And I'm like, "I can't talk to you now. I've got my kids here." Like. Um, and they gave me their cards and I was so mad. I'm like, what a fuck with? Yeah. Seriously. Yep. And um, so they went away and I, I just thought about it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make an appointment. I'm going to go see them and I'm going to tell them everything. 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 Yes. And it's the first time that I had done that. Um, and said it all out loud. Absolutely. And just got a perspective on it from a professional for one yes. and from someone who's not involved in it. it's mm. not my friend or my sister who's like oh he's an arsehole just you know yeah and I told her everything and um of course he wanted to come to this appointment with me fuck off he's like you're not going to be able to drive yourself there because my anxiety was so bad at this stage that I had trouble pretty much doing yeah. everything outside you. of this tiny little comfortable bubble yeah. but I'm like no no it's fine I'm going to go on my own and um, yeah, told her everything and she hooked me up with all these, like she, she told me that it was domestic violence, that I was a victim, that, um, you know, um, there were people out there who could help me. She hooked me up with all these services, who to speak to at Centrelink. Because the other thing that I wanted to say is that over the 19 years, we 18, 19 years we were together, um, he took over all the finances. Of course he did. Mm, okay. And I did all the kids stuff. Um, and... Please don't do that. <laughs> Please know what's going on with your finances and don't hand over that power. Like I would get money in an account for groceries and the kids' stuff. Um, it's and another way of controlling I yeah, someone. Control really yeah. didn't know what was going on very much beyond that. I would sign stuff. Like my own stupid fault too. But Don't. No, no, no. Uh. This is a pattern from people who um, manipulate their entire lives are spent manipulating people. And if she can't have control over your mind, then he'll have control over the atmosphere it's where so you insidious. are. He'll have control over the money that you spend. He'll or have control body, over yeah. the body that you are in. But also what happened during this time is like when I began the relationship to pay the rent, you would send a check off in the mail. Mm. And I was always very independent. I'd left home at 16. I was lived on my own. I was very independent, mm. always worked, everything. But over the time that we were together, he took over paying all the bills, registering the cars, organising the mortgage, doing all Did that stuff. Did he want stuff. a medal for that as well? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. For, for yeah. taking it all off your it's little a, woman hands? I've been paying bills all day. It's very stressful. You don't understand. It's and so stressful to push a button on a bank. It's tough. So, like... All of that stuff was very foreign to me. I didn't know mm. how to pay a bill online. I didn't know how to check my bank balance online. It sounds ridiculous now. I didn't, rem I didn't remember what the process was to register a car or do any of that stuff. Oh, yeah. So sometimes I'd say, look, I want to do it too. Like show me how to pay this bill online. And oh my God, how easy is it? Don't it's really yeah. easy, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but he'd... he'd Start to show me, and if I got confused, because I was in such a state, oh, I just you're couldn't. pretty little lady brain. I couldn't. There. I couldn't absorb anything, and no. he'd be so aggro, and he'd be like, "Look, oh, you're so stupid. It's so fucking easy. Why can't you fucking understand it? It's so easy." And I get upset. No, and you shut down when people like like that at you. And I just couldn't. I couldn't figure out how to do it. No. So I just like yeah, and 
Yeah. So, I mean, the it also kept me there because I was like, I don't know how to do any of this I stuff. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how to adult. That's how I felt. I know how yeah. to be a mom. I know how to look after the kids. Like he never came to a ap- doctor's appointment with them or took them to the dentist or went to a school thing or did any of that stuff. Yeah, that's why he was never going to win against a welfare check because he, yeah. uh, he knows nothing about yeah, his own children. True. Like. Yeah, so anyway, after the, um, like, she hooked me up with all those services, which was great, and, you know, I found out that I could get the family tax benefit and I was going to be all right, you know, financially, yes. which, um, and we, uh, um, sorry, where was I going with that? Yeah. Sorry, I've lost well, my like train just, of thought. We'll put a whole <laughs> bunch of links in the show notes mm. as well mm. to all of the different places where you can get help. So at this part of the podcast, we just normally talk about like what we've learnt. And I feel like a shitload. I feel yes. like I've learnt a lot. I feel like there's been little lessons throughout the whole podcast. But my most important lesson is that if you ever get to a point in your life where you feel like you have to keep somebody else happy like you're constantly tap dancing to keep somebody else happy you've got to figure out why that is you've got to sit there and kind of you know like it's hard because you know you can't spend your entire life looking after someone else and also if you ever notice that you don't have a support network you might want to start asking yourself questions as to as to why that is and mm, and yeah. you know whether whether you might want to try and get a support network like i know that such sounds so fucking stupid like just get one like yes, right. <laughs> um producer zane's pulling his mic down yeah, no right. no yeah. Yeah. yeah yes or no the sure, I'll jump in. i didn't want to interrupt what yeah, you were saying no. i just have something to say um uh, throughout the story a number of times you discounted your bravery and how brave you were when when people tell you like I'm not brave it's like I don't think you should do that because he was using your bravery to keep you where you were like that he was using your good traits and the good person that you were to manipulate you to make things workable for your family and how you were so (laughs) I, I wanted to to say yeah don't discount how brave you were and how brave you are because it's only because of that that you got through the other end. Yeah. Um, And absolutely, like what you were saying is like, as soon as someone makes you responsible for their emotions, Mm, something's going wrong. Um, You're never responsible for someone else's emotions. You're responsible for your behaviour. Yeah, so that's... Yes, there's some brightly lit flags to keep an eye out for there, um, dear readers at home. Mine will be broader. Mine will be bigger. Uh, Elizabeth made a very good point a while ago about defunding the police and I want well, to jump on that yeah. uh, because she's she's right. Now, I know some of you may be listening to me going, oh, you're bleeding heart lefty. Why would you want to get rid of the police? That's, That's not what not we're doing. That's not what we're saying. We're keeping the police where they are and they're going to be doing all the good work they do, solving crimes and all that. Uh but we're going to take some of that money and we're going to put it into mental health specialists. We're going to put it into people that can come to these domestic uh, disputes, disputes violence, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and who can properly deal with it. Who, are, who, who know how to de-escalate, who know how to, you know, assess properly and, and thoroughly what is going on in those situations, knowing the different tactics that both victim and abuser will often, like the patterns that they go through and be able to recognise where that stories are. Because the police do great work when it comes to, you know, catching murderers and whatever. But like, 
in situations like this, they don't have the training yep, exactly to right. be able to deal with these kinds of situations in a way that is sensitively approaching it and able to understand on a mental health and safety level what is going on. So I don't know how we get that going in the state you live in. If you live in Australia, if you, if you if we make an how we make it a national program or a state-run program. If you live in America, I don't know how it happens. I don't know how we get it to happen, but it is important. So I want to I want to push everyone to sort of uh, push that direct, that thought a bit more. Do you? Lucy, I just want to thank you so much for um, coming to talk. I know that it can't have been easy. I think that even, <laughs> even telling the story today is an incredible act of bravery. And I, you know, if uh, even if there's only one person out there who listens and goes, holy shit, she's telling my story, you yep. know, then... It's all worth it. Like, and I, and I, I can't believe, like, I, I knew a bit of the story, but I'm, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And I'm so pleased you've come out the other end. We don't have time today, but I will bring Lucy back <laughs> to tell her happy ending story because by God, it's a good one, guys. So some incentive to keep it is listening. such yes. a good little story. So we'll bring her back on another day to tell uh, the literal rainbow to the end of this story. Um, but, yeah, any final words, Miss Luce, before we go? I, well, I just hope this has helped somebody and I, I do feel like I've jumped all over the place. But no. I, when I tried to prepare something, I was it just was getting too overwhelming so I thought I'd just come in and say whatever. You did a beautiful job up. of <laughs> Sorry, talking, I hope it talking about sense. the issues in a, in a, in a way that I think will be very helpful but for anyone listening. I heard something. This is because I did think about not coming in. I thought about maybe it's too hard for me and um, I won't be able to do it. But I I heard something that says recover loudly, so others don't die quietly. Oh my god, I love that so much. We're going to take that. We're going to leave you with that thought, readers. We're not going to do a, a, no. a, a general outro. Everything else. Will Can be you in repeat the show that notes. for us, uh, Lu- uh, Lucy? Um, recover loudly so others don't die quietly. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off-limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.